Hello everyone, Justin Vakula here. You're listening to the Stoic Philosophy Podcast, Practical Wisdom for Everyday Life. Today's episode features special guest Amanda Grippo, who will talk with me about the benefits of mental health counseling. Visit my website at justinvakula.com, where you can find links to my social media portals and see past content on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, or Stitcher. Support my work by becoming a donor through Patreon or PayPal. Share, comment, like, subscribe, and leave a review. I really appreciate your support and feedback, which helps me grow my audience and keeps this project going. As an assistant event coordinator for the last five years and serving as an officer of the Pi chapter of Chi Sigma Iota Professional Honor Society for Counseling in the last two years, Amanda demonstrates a strong desire to take on leadership roles in community engagement, promoting the counseling profession. Amanda has worked closely with a wide variety of licensed professionals on campus at Marywood University and in the Scranton, Pennsylvania community. Amanda is currently an inpatient therapist at Kingston, Pennsylvania, where she just began work with adolescents. Amanda's professional interests in counseling include working with adults diagnosed with depression, anxiety, schizophrenia spectrum disorders using an eclectic approach. With that, let's move on to today's conversation. All right, well, thanks for chatting with me today. Cool, thank you. All right, and to start the discussion, what sparked your interest in clinical mental health counseling? Um, When I first started my undergraduate degree, it was in psychology, and I took my whole undergrad in psychology courses and I loved it. I loved being able to study the brain and how our behaviors impact us, but I knew there was something more I wanted to do. And after having a class in clinical counseling and my undergraduate degree at um, Kutztown University with Dr. Manos, he was in a private practice and it was just very intriguing, the stories he would share and the type of work he would do with his clients. And so I started thinking about the clinical mental health program. I applied to a couple schools, and Marywood University is the school that I went to. It's Hmm. in my hometown of Scranton, PA. And I've just completed my 60 credits of the clinical mental health program. And it was honestly a life-changing experience. I loved everything about it, not only the coursework that I've done and completed, but the growth that I've experienced within myself, I think, is super beneficial. I'm really excited for what the field of counseling has for me in the future. I think it's a wonderful field. There's so many opportunities within the field. Um, really passionate about what counselors do, what we could help with other people, and the impact that we could have on other people's lives. All right, good. So yeah. that, that's an interesting thing. So studying about human behavior, working with others, you said that that's also led to a lot of self-improvement. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, So my first semester in the counseling program, I was able to take our group counseling class and we do a personal growth group. So at that time, I was able to start utilizing my tools and techniques of counseling, even in that beginning of just starting the program. And through that, I was able to start my own counseling. At that time, I wasn't able to, I never went to a counselor. I just knew what counseling was from what I've heard about it. And you do a lot of self-reflection in our counseling program. So being able to write those papers and reflect on things that I thought would need improvement was where I started. So just in that group process, that being able to bring something in every week and discuss that, it allowed me to recognize that like, even though I am stable and my mind is stable, there's always things that we could be working on. So it was really exciting Mm -hmm. for me. Like it doesn't have to be a problem that's like detrimental or 
that you feel you can't like leave your house or a crippling um, thing that's right. coming to you. It could be anything compared to like from a homework assignment to um, an argument you got in with your family member that day. So it was really exciting to see that there's so much growth that could come from any opportunity that you're in. So our professors in the counseling program definitely always encourage us to get our own psychologist. So I ended up doing that last year. And through that experience, I was able to just experience what it would be like to be in the client's position, but also work on myself and see what else I could improve. So I initially went into my psychologist and I worked on like time management, like being more on time. I'm a, I'm a huge people pleaser. So <laughs> we've been working on that. That came along with the time management, I feel, because I would tell people, oh, I'll be there in five minutes when I'm like 15 minutes away. So even throughout this time, like I've grown in that aspect. I've grown in being more opinionated and working on my people pleasing skills and things. And I've learned so much from my psychologist. I'm able to talk to him about ways in which we think it would be beneficial to work with clients and the work that we do and if it's like a struggling a struggle that I feel I like to get his like opinion on it so it's a really cool experience right that's that's really good it sounds like a humble attitude there noting that oh there are these areas I can improve on these are goals that I could work toward this is progress I've made and I'm still making rather than just saying oh I have everything figured out everything's good that you want to seek to improve. It's a common theme within stoicism, working toward this self-improvement and having yeah. the courage to actually say, oh, here's something I can do in my life to live a more fulfilled life. Yeah, definitely. And that's why how I feel as though as well, I've reached out to a psychologist because in a way I feel like I can't practice. I can't preach what I don't practice. And being able to put myself in that situation and know what it's like, I'm able to tell people, this is what it's like. This is what it's done for me. I would definitely encourage my psychologist. I would encourage any psychologist. I think being able to put yourself in that situation and have that objective view from someone is a really big thing. And I think coming, describing counseling in that way is what's most important. Having it be just a conversation and just, having people know that this is what it's like. It's just you and me sitting down and we're going to talk about whatever you would like to talk about for that day right. and having it be all about you as the person that's coming in. I think that's a really gross experience. Mm. It's a quote from Marcus Aurelius here. Do not be ashamed to be helped. It is your business to do your duty like a soldier in the assault on a town. What if being lame, you cannot mount up on the battlements alone. So with the help of another, it is possible. So here he's talking about, well, we could reach out to others for support and benefit from the interaction with others. Definitely. I completely agree with that. That's a really powerful quote. I think it made me think about the fact that people at times feel when they are talking about themselves, it's more of like they're putting a burden on another person. They don't like to have that conversation. They like often in the beginning, I would be like, Oh my gosh, I'm talking about myself too much. Cause that's not, that's just <laughs> something I don't do. Being able to know that that time is meant for me and for me to talk. I think it's so important for people to be able to go through that experience. Having 45 minutes to talk about yourself a week is really beneficial. Okay, so moving on, what are some of the roles that a counselor might play? 
a lot of people will say, well, why would I go to a counselor if I have a really good support system? Mm -hmm. I think it's important to know, like I said, that objective view that a counselor has. They don't know anything about your life. They are there to listen to you and to work on whatever you want to work on that day. So a role of a counselor is just to listen and to be present and to allow people to work through something that they're talking about that day, but not to inform them, give them answers or advice. It's more allowing them to process what they're saying and to find their own answers within themselves. And I think that's the most powerful part of counseling, knowing that your client has the answers within themselves and allowing that process to move forth and seeing that growth and change. I think it's important for us to um, help people know that counseling is okay. It doesn't mean you're weak. It means you have a lot of courage by reaching out and mm-hmm. seeking someone to listen to you. And I think as a counselor, it's important to do that outreach, to know we are out here, this is what we do, and this time's for you. And it's really important, I think. Good. So it's a, it's a sort of social outreach, a social benefit that you, you were talking about. Well, I've studied these things in classes, and now I can actually apply them to the world to go out and be social, help others. And the counselor will also benefit. The counselor will also engage in some self-improvement throughout this process, right? Right. Definitely. So, so there's this idea of two, two people having this discussion, being in this space and being able to work together to accomplish some goals, maybe find some meaning, uh, change or encourage a client to think about different interpretations of the world. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Having those availability to reach out and process some thought, rational or irrational, it allows you to just think about a situation in another way. You're able to put yourself in someone else's shoes, do a role play is one of the techniques you would use and allow that person to see and develop a way in which a situation could go or a conversation could go. And it really does allow a person to know and see maybe what they thought was wrong or maybe what they thought was right, but it allows you to like, process what you think mm-hmm. might happen in the situation. Right. It's a constant theme in Stoic philosophy to challenge our perceptions, our interpretations, our impressions of the world, and to try to think of maybe a different perspective in which to think things, rather than thinking that things are wholly miserable or that the world is coming to an end, that that we can question those. And I would assume that that would happen in a lot of counseling sessions. The counselor would provide feedback and encourage clients to take a different perspective. Yeah, definitely confronting and having the client be engaged in something that possibly they might not think would be the right way or having them know that there are alternatives to a situation. A lot of people, I like the two words, either growth mindset or fixed mindset. A lot of people are fixed mindset. Well, a lot of people are growth mindset and fixed mindset, but when you're fixed mindset, it says that you think there's only one way to go. There's it's, it's black or white. There's no gray, really. And I think it's important to have a growth mindset as a person to know that there are other options. It's not just one way you have to go. And I think it's important for a counselor to have a growth mindset to 
take constructive feedback and to grow from it and to know that there are other alternatives to a situation. Right. Our, our mindset is going to have a big impact on our quality of life, right? If someone's going to go throughout the day miserable and complaining and just dreading getting up in the morning versus a person who's going to have maybe a more balanced attitude, even if they don't quite like their station in life, they could still get through it the best they can and maybe have a, a different interpretation of things, right? Yeah, I agree. And cognitive behavioral therapy actually has a lot of influence from Stoic philosophy and talking about certain cognitive distortions that we might have. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, definitely. I think cognitive behavioral therapy is a really beneficial theory to work towards. I tend to use an eclectic perspective when working with my clients, but cognitive behavioral therapy I used a lot when I was working with drug and alcohol patients. It allows you to work on your behaviors and your thoughts and to problem solve, to figure out ways in which you could change your patterns of thinking. And it makes it important to know that um, your attitudes towards situations and your thoughts are really running the way that you're functioning that day. Mm -hmm. You are, if you're thinking of a negative thought, the thought is going to be negative. I think it has a huge impact on a person's quality of life, having those behaviors and thoughts that could process and know that there are ways in which you could change your thoughts and them have a huge impact on the way that you're functioning that day. or And that'll change throughout the week and that month and move forward. Automatic thoughts that you have, if they're continuously negative, the situation's going to be negative. So I think that's an important perspective. And this approach is going to call people to be mindful of their thoughts, to be able to identify them, to understand that they could change their thoughts, their reactions to certain events in the world, and even take accountability. Whereas people will maybe use phrases like, oh, he made me mad. Maybe they'll blame everything else. They'll point to the world. You know, the world's unfair. This person's nasty. But, you know, different people are going to respond differently to similar situations, right? Right. I would totally agree. Yeah, so here um some some of the distortions maybe people will have as you mentioned like black and white thinking, maybe as um mm-hmm. generalizations that they might make. Can you talk about some of these? There's a bunch of different ways in which people could take on a situation and just like you said when they like blame others. I think an important technique to use would be if people are blaming others would be using I statements. So reframing the structure of the conversation or sentence and making it about yourself, making yourself accountable. I think that's huge in work with drug and alcohol clients because Mm -hmm. for so long, they don't hold themselves accountable. It's them and the drug. So I think that's an important thing to utilize in that instance and any other instance, making yourself accountable and knowing that there are other ways that you could go about it and reframing the way that they are structuring their sentencing is really important in knowing that there are other options. Having that structure is just super important for a person to know that there are alternatives. Right. So it's allowing one to take control of their own lives to have some more responsibility in a sense of having some authority and running and directing your own life to try to restore that Right. And I think that's most important. That's what I like to say about counseling, like having that accountability, 
knowing that if you are going to come to counseling, you have to want to do the work. It's so, it's something for me that I've been working on. I try really hard to make someone want to do, I want to put in the work more than the client is at times. And I find that also with the drug and alcohol claims, I had that instance a lot. It was me working harder than the clients wanted to work. If you don't want to change, it's hard. If that person doesn't want to change, it's going to be hard for the therapist to, or counselor to be able to want to see that change in the client. And I think that's the most important thing, taking the accountability and having control of your life and knowing that you can change. Just taking those steps forward, though, to make that change happen. All right, good. So let's move on to another topic here. Some may not want to seek counseling, even if they have significant life challenges. They think they can handle their own struggles. Maybe they're reluctant right. to even engage in counseling. What would you have to say to that? Well, I hear that a lot, and it's interesting to me. That's something that I definitely advocate for very hard. I think counseling is a growing profession, and a lot of people don't really know the benefits of counseling until they're in the situation. So I think for people that I interact with and I hear certain circumstances like that, it's either, oh my gosh, I'm really excited. I want to do counseling too. Or no, I don't know. I think I can handle this on my own. I think it's really important to, like we discussed earlier, letting people know what the role of a counselor is, knowing the benefits that you could get out of counseling Having that objective person, like I mentioned, be there in your life and allow you to just talk about anything you want to talk about. And a lot of people will say they have enough support. They have enough people that will listen to them. And I think that's wonderful. That's an added aspect of a person that's going to be resilient and be able to work through that struggle. And I think it's just super important just to advocate for the profession to show what we do. And I think for a person that would say that, I I think I could get through this on my own. I think it's important to know. So if they're not going to go to seek an individual counselor, maybe partaking in some group counseling, seeing the benefits of that, I think would allow a person to even think of the benefits of individual counseling and see that, hey, maybe this is for me. Right, or even support groups that pop up in the area, some low-cost or free alternatives that people can engage in. Yeah, definitely. That's something that I would definitely advocate for. There's so much out there in the community, especially in um, Scranton, PA, and I think people need to utilize that. There's always something we could be working on and talking about and contributing to other people's lives. I think that's why I love support groups. It's the conversation that you're having has such an impact on someone else's life, and you may not even know it. Just sharing your story is super beneficial to all group members, and I think that's exciting as well. I think there can even be an argument for a proactive approach in that, well, if we seek certain services, reach out to people for help, have that support system, we can be proactive rather than waiting for some calamity to happen in life, and then we're in that period, and then we have to seek the counseling. So maybe being proactive can also be a good argument for seeking counseling as well. Yeah, I would completely agree with that, Justin. I think that's a really important point. Yeah, people are so quick to not take the initiative until something bad happens. And that's something that I don't really agree with. I think you need to start working on it before the badness happens. So badness meaning suicide or drug 
youth. Mm. I think it's important to put yourself out there and be vulnerable. And so you're in a situation where the help is there as an individual counselor in the time of need. So there's, like I said earlier, there's not always something that's super pressing that you need to be working on that day. But just having a conversation and talking, I think, is the most important thing. And reaching out, taking those steps to put yourself in a situation where you're asking for help and just knowing that that shows courage. That doesn't mean you're weak by talking to someone. It means that you're really brave and strong. And it's an exciting process just knowing that you're in this relationship with someone as a therapeutic relationship. It's super empowering. Good, good. And maybe we can also notice some warning signs. Perhaps maybe we're feeling exhaustion. We're feeling a little bit down in the dumps following certain events. We can not wait for a big event to happen, a big downturn, but perhaps we can notice a slide in our emotions, our thoughts, our feelings day to day and seek to improve. Right. Yeah, I would completely agree with that because your mental health has an impact on every other aspect of your life. So like you said, those warning signs, if you're able to know that you are being fatigued, that's going to have an impact on your family life as well as your work life. So just knowing that those little warning signs are there and having them be a trigger for you and a stressor and allowing yourself to process that for that day and work through it before it becomes a big event, a big blow up and a big impact on either your work or family life. Yeah, I think that's really an important important thing. Right. There was a video I shared recently. It was from the School of Life uh, Philosophy YouTube channel. They were talking about an existential crisis and that some people may consider certain elements of their life and wonder what direction they want to go in. Do I want to get married? Do I want to be in a relationship? Which career should I pursue? Where can I find meaning in my life? Perhaps people can seek out counseling services to address some of these lifelong issues as well. Right. Yeah. I think um, existentialism is really important to me and in counseling. I think those issues pop up all the time. And I think almost in a way I have thought of that as well. Like, so like you mentioned the example of like getting married, I definitely want to get married, but it's having those thoughts. It's almost like an anxiety. It could be crippling for a person to constantly thinking about something that's going to happen in the future. But I think being able to work through that and talk about what's important and what's not important in your life at that present time is something that will help you process that existential crisis in the future. I think once it's there, you're able to really take it on wholeheartedly and Mm. know it's not going to be this catastrophic thing. It's something that you've worked towards and you're able to know is this right for me at that time? Right. And the Stoic authors really call for us to question our values, to question society at large, and even question the wisdom of the masses, of the crowds. And just because someone else might dictate your path in life or give you an idea that this is what the good life looks like, perhaps we can examine that ourselves. What do I want my life to look like? How can I get to that point? What is worth my time and effort, especially given the shortness of life? How much time do we have here? How long shall we delay? Should we just go about life randomly? Should we just follow what others have to say? So perhaps a counseling experience would be somewhere to evaluate our lives. Yeah, I think that is really informative what you just shared. I think there's so many times when younger kids are leaving high school and they feel they have to follow a path in which their family holds for them. And I think being able to know that you you should follow the path that 
you think is right for you. And I think that would be a proactive thing to be able to process that with a counselor and know that your opinion does matter and what you want out of life does matter. And that's what's going to help you progress and know to live the happiest life for you, not to follow a path that isn't for you. And I think that's really exciting to have people know what their passions are in life and to find them and to be able to work through them with someone. All right. Very good. You're listening to the Stoic Philosophy Podcast. I'm Justin Vakula speaking with Amanda Grippo on the benefits of mental health counseling. Let's move on to another topic here. Can you talk about some of your outreach as a counselor in training? Yeah, I tried to get really involved when I was in the counseling program. My first year there, I started to do a lot of outreach. I found out that advocacy is a huge part of a counselor in training and becoming a counselor. My professor is really big on professional identity of a counselor. So I thought, I think that was the biggest thing that I stuck with to know that it's important to tell people what counseling is, what's the difference between different professions in the helping field, and to advocate towards different things in which people could do to help. So we mentioned a lot of these things. So group counseling and support groups and the individual counseling, but also utilizing the different agencies in the area. So in Scranton, we have um, NAMI, the National Alliance for Mental Illness. We have um, Mm. the Northeast chapter of the Suicide Prevention, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. We have Advocacy Alliance. There's so many different agencies that work in the mental health field and spread mental health awareness. And I think being able to work with them and know that there's different opportunities that people can partake in with the outreach of counseling and allows people to know that mental health is out there and it's important. I like that mental health statement is changing from mental illness. For so long, it's always been mental illness. And I think saying mental health is so much more important to me. I think a lot of people will call this an illness or and are so quick to label themselves with the diagnosis. But I don't think that defines you. I think it's important to recognize that everyone has different areas in which they could grow. And in last September, I, well, this September, I organized event 13 Reasons Why We Could Help. And my biggest thing was to show people that there are different aspects of yourself in which you could be improving on. It doesn't mean Like we said, it has to be a huge thing that you're working towards. Mm -hmm. You're working on at that time, but having the improve on your physical aspects of mental health or your creative aspects of mental health, your coping aspects of mental health, what you do when you are feeling your stressors having an impact on your life, what, what kind of things would you utilize to have that? And I organized that event and invited all those different agencies that I mentioned before and had them be there. And I think it was really an exciting thing to be able to have those outreach agencies there. It's always been important to me to donate my time and to do fundraisers for people in need throughout the counseling program. I think it's important to know that there are people out there that need resources and just a lending hand, someone to help put themselves out there and give their time. Time is hard for people to give up. So just being there and being present, I feel is the is a huge indicator of what you could give to someone else's life. Right. And even 
having people face some feelings, some thoughts, such as despair, I think an event like this can show people, well, there, there are all alternatives. It's not a hopeless situation for you. You can take all these different approaches. Here are these organizations. It really, you're not alone in this struggle. Reach out for help. Be encouraged. Try right. something different, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that statement, you are not alone, is the biggest thing. It allows you to just see that there are other people going through the same thing as you or going through something else, but recognizing that everyone has some struggles or different aspects of their life that they're working on at that time. And it's important to be able to be there for someone and to know, especially I find it important for myself to be there and to know that there's there's people out there that do need that lending hand and me giving my time is a pleasure. I don't mind giving up my free time to help other people, even though I'm helping people as my career. I think it's super important to put yourself out there because you never know the impact that you can make on someone else's life. It's a it's a lyric here from an anathema song titled A Simple Mistake. Despair is for people who know beyond any doubt what the future is going to bring. Nobody is in that position. Yeah, that's a great lyric line because you really don't you and I believe that is what instills anxiety in people thinking about what the future may hold is a crippling experience no one knows what the future could hold but a lot of people want control and knowledge in what the future could hold so I think I would like to emphasize that that's what counseling is it allows people to be in that present moment being able to work through what's going on in the here and now is super humbling and allows you to just recognize that the future is always going to be there. You're always going to think about the future, but recognizing and being mindful in the present moment is something that you need to work on. It's something that a lot of people don't always do. It's easy for someone to think about the future, but thinking about the now and being present is a huge part of counseling. And a lot of people I feel would see the benefits of that just working with the counselor weekly or bi-weekly or even monthly. Right. And the control element is interesting as things far removed from us. Who knows, given all the changes in life, things that, well, we can make our best effort, but it's not always going to Mm -hmm. turn out the way we want. So having an attitude of acceptance in just Mm -hmm. doing the best we can to try to make a good effort and to take action, to try some different approaches, to try to change Mm -hmm. our current situation, to view it in a different way. Yeah, definitely. Acceptance is a huge word in that. It's just like faith and hope, having that and knowing that there's alternative, knowing that it may not go the way that you plan for it to go. But if you're planning for it to go one way and it doesn't happen that way, that's when you might be upset that it didn't go that way. So knowing that there is different options out there and taking those paths with courage and just knowing that it could not possibly go your way, being optimistic in that Right. Uh, Expectations can be quite a harmful thing, especially if they're not quite reasonable or if it's something we can't control, like you said. Yep. And I mean, there there could be some cases of, oh, well, I'm this terminally ill person at like 95 years old and I'm going to die and all of that. You know, maybe maybe we could reserve some for that or if life truly isn't worth living because of all of these terrible, terrible things that can happen for us. But for most of the cases, we would say that, oh, well, this is preventable. There, There is change that is possible, right? Right, definitely. And I think that's when it's important to reach out and to know and take a look at what others are going through. There are terrible things that happen in life, but 
knowing you have that resilience. I think the level of resilience is different within each person, but knowing there's different levels and steps to work through something that a person is going through is really important as well. Not all pers- not all people are going to be the same and going through either the death of a loved one or a catastrophic event. It's really important to know and to perceive a situation differently through the eyes of each person, but also just recognizing that people are out there to support you and they could be empathetic and sympathetic with you in that situation. Right. And dramatic changes won't necessarily happen overnight, but we can make some gradual progress to taking control of our lives, taking action and improving our quality of life rather than what just having a resigned attitude that that doesn't seem Mm -hmm. to be the way to go. Yeah, definitely. People, it's hard because counseling does take time. It takes a few weeks to a few months to a few years. And some people don't want to give that time, like I mentioned before, but it's important. It's what you do. It's what you're living your life for. It's you're not going to cheat the process by avoiding the process. You have to work on it and put in that time and effort. And like you said, you're not going to see change overnight. You're not going to recognize it. But I feel throughout the process, being able to look back on where you were and where you've come, I think is the most uplifting experience of counseling. All right, good. And what are some changes that you've seen in others through your interactions with clients? I've seen so much change. It's so exciting. Just to hear someone say, I think in a counseling session, wow, I never thought of that that way, I think is like an uplifting thing. But being able to work on different situations, I think anxiety and depression are the biggest things that people work on right now. So being able with an anxiety situation, if people are coming in with something socially, being able to take steps and see people change in those different social situations, I think are a big change. Being able to not let your depression keep you from doing things you love. I think that's really important. Being able to continually put yourself out there, even though you may feel like you don't want to that day, I think is a huge change that I do see in people being able to work on that. And even when it comes down to like personality disorders, if people are able to see things that go on through other people's eyes, I think is even a big change. Being able to recognize that, like we said, you could have a different view. You could look at a situation a different way, but knowing that there is differences within each other's perspective, I think is a big change for people as well. All right. Great. I have a a quote here from Seneca. It's from his letter on wisdom and retirement. He writes here, but even now, let us have no delay. For now, we can take the word of experience, which tells us that there are many superfluous and hostile things. For this, we should long, since we have taken the word of reason. Let us do what men are wont to do when they are late in setting forth, and wish to make up for lost time by increasing their speed. Let us ply the spur. Mm. Our time of life is the best possible for these pursuits, for the period of boiling and foaming is now past. The faults that were uncontrolled in the first fierce heat of youth are now weakened, and but little further effort is needed to extinguish them. That's a powerful quote. I really enjoyed that. I think that says a lot about change, being able to know that the experiences are different, being able to see the different ways in which it could go. That was good. Right. So we could recognize some of our faults, work to improve and not procrastinate, not delay, not just put everything off and actually take action and make some effort to improve our situation in our lives. Yeah. 
All right, very good. Anything else that you would like to discuss? Any further thoughts? No, that was really exciting. Thanks, Justin. All right, good. And where can people find you? How can people reach out to you if they have any questions? Oh, well, um, currently I'm off social media because oh. I'm trying to be <laughs> more present. Um, but I do have an email I could share. I would, I'm always down to email A-E-G-R-I-P-P-O at M dot Marywood, M-A-R-Y-W-O-O-D dot E-D-U. I love emailing. So. All right, good. And I'll put that in the show notes as well. So. Awesome. I think that was great. I'm really excited. Cool. All right. Thanks for your time today and have a great day. Thank you so much. You have a good day too. Visit my website at justinvacula.com where you can find links to my social media portals and see past content on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, or Stitcher. Support my work by becoming a monthly supporter on Patreon or by making a PayPal donation. See the donate tab on my website. Share, comment, like, subscribe, and leave a review. I really appreciate your support and feedback, which helps me grow my audience and keeps this project going. You've been listening to the Stoic Philosophy Podcast, practical wisdom for everyday life. Have a great day and stay tuned for more content.